Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Justin. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, divine love that has called us into this place, into being, into life, that is the very ground of our being in life. We come to you as we are, some of us worn out and rugged, others of us light on our feet, filled with ideas and dreams. Most of us fluctuating in between. We come with our shame. We come with our grace. We come with our hopes, our dreams, and our fear. And it's just this tied knot. And we present it to you. And we ask that you would place your hands, your life, your breath upon us. That you would give us the grace, the open, spacious place to be known. I mean fully known. All the ins and the outs by you. And in that revealing of who we are, of being fully known, would we also be fully loved, accepted and received because of your son. And so lead us into that process of transformation. Lead us into the Christ process, which went before us and was with us. And I pray that you would use the words of your scripture. You would use the movement of your spirit. You would use the words of a broken man like me for your goodness, for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Epiphany. I imagine a light bulb clicking on next to the cartoon's face. It means to manifest, to display, to show forth, to come suddenly into view. Epiphany, and in this story, it remembers and it it celebrates the story of the wise men, women. We don't know actually how many we are, just that they brought three gifts as they journey to Christ. The idea of epiphany is this awakening, a revealing of God to just mere humans. 
And it has been reserved, the idea of this awakening, this epiphany, this seeing God in our lives, it has been reserved by many just to like the, the hyper-spiritual. Maybe the priests and the prophets, the desert fathers and mothers, or the mystics of our culture. That's what epiphanies are for. But I want to ask us and myself this today. What if epiphany of God shining forth in our world and our life isn't just for them? the select few and holy. But what if the role of epiphany is in the journey for every single one of us? How might God surprise us? Right where we're at, not where we need to or think we need to be. I was listening to um, uh, Krista Tippett on On Being, and she was interviewing Brother Steindl Rash, and she said this, it's a very audacious thing that you say that everyone can be called to be a mystic, that mysticism is not for you a domain of professionals, that mysticism is something that is the birthright of every human being, and he responded with this, the mystic is not a special human being. Every human being is a special kind of mystic. And I was, I was never around that particular kind of mystic that you can be, because you're unique. Never has anyone brought the talents and also the shortcomings that belong to them. In this idea is that this, this, this idea of epiphany, of God revealing and showing up, is not just reserved for some, but for all. And not reserved that if we just kind of figure out our stuff, then God shows up. If we posture ourselves perfectly, then the divine will break into our lives. But the idea of the epiphany that God has come down, that the light has shined, and is drawing all people. One in which we move closer and closer to. Is what our passage, I believe, in one way is challenging and asking of us. But just... How does, what are kind of the aspects? How does this epiphany happen in the story? One, and how does it happen in our own life? One is that we see that epiphany happens um, in hidden and in common ways. It's just how the gospel often works. It's always upside down and paradoxical. That epiphanies, this showing up of God, revealing, displaying, and showing forth, always comes to us in hidden and uncommon ways. We have the image of the, these three wise men, and there's this bright, beautiful star over the manger, and it's like, how could anyone miss it? And so we send out the Hallmark card to our friends and to our family, and it's like these, these, these kings sitting around in the bright star. It's like, of course God came here. But the reality is, it's, it's probably not just this one bright star but it's probably the gift of these people who were able to look up to the stars and to kind of be able to see. They're actually practicing in something in which the Bible said you shouldn't do, but they're looking up to the stars and they're taking in the universe and they're taking in kind of the signs of it in this hidden, uncommon way in which to know God is how they actually find God. Matthew's theme throughout the gospel is about this hiddenness of Christ. The small and often unnoticed ways God enters our life in epiphanies, both large and small. This hiddenness is kind of like a divine signature of God. Instead of showing forth at the temple, God slips into the world by the way of a poor family in a backwater town. 
Instead of showing forth to a crowd of supposed insiders, God will be first noticed by strangers from a foreign land. Wise ones from the east. God God does indeed show forth in our lives and in our world. But often in hidden ways. Christ always works in subversive ways. Palace or manger. Religious moral leaders or fishermen, tax collectors, and prostitutes. In a throne or a cross. That the call to life starts with first a call of descent to death. God's love in showing forth always extends beyond conventional, understood religious boundaries. Now that's not a good thing from a pastor who's trying to sell you on coming to church. To tell you that, you know what the deal is, is God probably is going to show up out there more than in here with us together. But maybe this is the unconventional thing for you in your life. I'm just saying what scripture says, how God ends up showing up in our lives is often in the subversive, hidden, and uncommon people, ways, and things that are all around us. When I say secrets, I don't mean it's like hidden in some room. It's in everything and all around us. But we need these epiphanies to awaken and to see the reality of God breaking through all around us. I am amazed and love that the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew starts with the ones who see this Christ and proclaim and worship this Christ are outsiders. There's a theme there, right? That God is a light to all nations and all people. That God is coming into the world and those are the people who are first gathering to it. What hidden and uncommon ways may God be revealed in your life this year? My friends, if you're going to do the same thing, the same way, you're probably going to get the same result. I'm just saying maybe this year try something different. Try something that feels super uncomfortable. And maybe God just has a way of showing up. It's always in the hidden, uncommon ways that God is revealed. I think of this as a road trip. Um, Our family has come to love just being in the car and on long road trips together. And on a road trip, you're always like headed towards a destination, and you're like, man, I can't wait till we get to this waterfall, and it's going to be majestic, it's going to be epiphany, everyone's going to be so happy. And what I found is that never rarely happens. You get there, and people are crying, screaming, everyone has to go to the bathroom, and you're like, this is, you know when the, the most beautiful moment of road trips for me, and this was before family with friends in college or at any time, those most beautiful moments of a road trip have been some of those silent moments when we're driving through Wyoming and like nothing's happening. There's like a buzz on the radio. There's the stench of leftover KFC in the car. (laughs) Silence filling the place and something just hits me. And I realize that life is good. Life is good to be on a journey with others. Life is just such a gift. My friends, this is how epiphanies usually show up. I'm not against mountaintop moments or things like that. But God usually shows up in the hidden, in the uncommon, in the ordinary ways 
to ordinary, regular human beings like yourself. So be on guard, because God just may surprise you. The second moves into a moment of pilgrimage. This idea that these people, these wise men and this troop that is carrying together, they are on a pilgrimage together. It's, it's a metaphor that we see throughout Scripture and one that we take as our own journey in life together. The story of wise men is about our longing for more of God than we have right now. The pilgrimage we are called to is about our longing, our curiosity, our questioning about whether there might be more for us in our life of faith. Whether the wise men had, whatever the wise men had going on for them back at home, they had bumped up against the limits of human wisdom that truly satisfied. This part of the story helps those of us who think we know something to acknowledge that even with all our human wisdom, there is a poverty of spirit that can only be satisfied through fresh encounters with the Christ. This longing that we have, that our answers, our way of seeing and knowing and containing and measuring the world just aren't enough, this deep movement in us always calls us to the border, to the, to the outstretch of our lives so that we can begin to discover deeper spiritual realities. This is the work of the pilgrim, that God moves us to the outer edge of our knowing and says, no, there's more. You can feel it within you that there's more. Come, seek, search, ask questions, step outside of what feels comfortable. The story of the wise men is a journey of the pilgrim. It is about being willing to leave the familiar in search of our deeper spiritual home. It is about seeking, not even knowing what we are seeking until we stumble upon it where we least expect it. A good journey begins with knowing where we are and being willing to go somewhere else. From Father Richard Rohr, a good journey begins with knowing where we are and being willing to go somewhere else. The song has been on repeat in our home for the last two weeks of I Would Walk 500 Miles. Uh, there's a dance and a performance. It's a good song. One of the joys of the kids getting a little bit older in our home is that the music just gets a little bit better and better that they listen to. No offense to uh, um, Ralphie. That's good stuff. But like Queen and I'll Walk 500 Miles has been pretty enjoyable. The journey of these kings, the journey of these wise men, probably not kings, the journey of these wise men is, is about a journey for 500 miles. That they're walking why would our spirituality and our life with God be anything different but a journey and a long, long walk? My friends, your journey towards encountering and knowing God has just begun. You have not arrived. No matter how old or young, no matter how many degrees, how many times you've read the Bible, beginning to end, no matter how much you have memorized, it has just begun. Enjoy it. Keep walking deeper, further in. Keep asking the questions that you think, maybe I shouldn't ask this one. Those are the ones we're called to. I'll tell you as a pastor, one of my favorite things to do is when I have coffee with someone who's 60, 70, or 80, 
And I can tell in their face and the way that they're walking with God that they feel like, you know what, I'm just beginning the good part of the journey. They, haven't over, they don't think they've arrived. They've lived too much life to think that there is even a, re- a rival. The journey is the destiny, the destination itself. And so we're called, like these wise men and women, to walk and keep walking keep walking further and deeper in towards the God who is creating that longing within us. The journey is not just for ourselves, but it's that we would come to see, to worship, and to know this God that is in our world and all around us. And so finally they end and they show up. They get to partway of the journey. It's not even over then. And they bring their gifts. I think the most important thing that we can pull from this passage is the practice of showing up. I don't know what they said when they saw Mary and Joseph. I don't know if they sang the right songs. I don't know what they did. But I know the thing that was most important and that the scriptures wanted to record is that they showed up. We have to show up to our life. We have to show up to one another. We have to show up to the presence of God around us, and we have to show up to the things that are happening in our world right here and right now. Over the break, um, some good friends from this community gave me um, a, a book, a short little book that I highly recommend for many of you. It's called, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a guide, a practice guide for white people working with racial justice. And the book is called The Practice of Showing Up. And it's all about, like, do I have the answers? Do I have the solutions for the things in this world that I want to see redeemed and changed? And it's all about how do we just bring our literal body, our life, and show up to the places in which we know we are called. That's what these wise men did. They showed up, and they also showed up with gifts. And it wasn't the gifts that earned their acceptance or their way through the door. I'm sure the gifts actually look silly as you're walking into a manger and you're like, I brought gold? Um, And they're like, yeah, I can't carry that right now. Um, Those gifts themselves were telling, though. They tell us something about the one who we're showing up to. The gold, that for a great king, it's thought. That they realized they were coming to one who would bring power and authority in such a good and redemptive way. Frankincense, the one for a great priest who was holy and right in entering into this world. And myrrh. I always feel bad for whoever brought myrrh. We're not sure, but myrrh is often used throughout the other parts of the gospel. And myrrh is for one who is going to suffer and die. In Mark, for instance, Jesus is given wine mixed with myrrh at the crucifixion. In John, Nicodemus and Joseph wrap Jesus' body in myrrh and oils. And so the third one shows up, and they have gold, frankincense, and I brought myrrh for your death. But maybe they knew something. Maybe they knew that life begins when we begin to die to ourselves to sacrifice for the sake of others because of our love for all. Maybe they had their hope in this one who had come, not to rule as a great king with violence 
Not to rule as a great priest who was separated from all people, but to rule as one who was willing to enter into the suffering and the death and the realness of life and bring redemption, grace, and forgiveness. They showed up. They gave their gifts, but they received so much more. The problem is the story doesn't just like the angels singing and they're singing and then we get to the end and everything's good. They go back to Herod. They go back to their own kingdoms and their places and Herod is not happy. The powers of the day are not happy with the words and the epiphany that the wise men and women seen. These outsiders from this epiphany and this moment. So beware what you're walking into because it changed their lives. An encounter with God may change your life. I almost guarantee it. So be careful what you're asking. If you like your life the way it is, I wouldn't mess with this stuff. If you want it changed, transformed, if you don't even maybe, you just feel aimless, then, then show up and see what shows up to you. Bring your gifts and see what gifts you received. It changes their life, but they don't step into a beautiful life in which there's just abundance and all things are working out. They step into chaos. Herod's greatest violence breaks forth after this. But these outsiders' lives are transformed by the epiphany, revealed, revealing the God in their journey. I imagine that they live differently after the fact. After awakening, you can't go back. It's one of the fears of it. We start to live differently in the kingdoms and in the powers and in the relationships around us. So how may you be called to live differently in this kingdom and the powers and the world that's all around us? Not everything is solved. There is rampage violence and chaos that runs wild. But our responsibility, just like the wise men, is to practice showing up in the midst of the chaos and the violence of our world, the world without, and in the violence and the chaos that is within our own heart, to show up to it. To show up anchored in the presence of God. To show up with trust. To show up grounded with compassion and faith. To show up deeply rooted in gratitude. To show up jumping with joy as we join the voices of angels that are all around us and throughout all creation. To show up in the midst of the poor and the suffering. To show up in the tears. To show up to God and the spirit that is working in, through, and among us. To show up and to show forth. You see, that when we receive epiphany, often God uses that light within us to be epiphany, to be a showing forth of God's love, compassion to the world around us. The very presence of God in our star, small starlit corner of the world. So friends, may we journey together. May we come and worship the one who has gone before us. And may we show up to the God who is always showing up to us. Let's pray.